Welcome to KBN Live. Happy Monday to you. Got a great show lined up for you tonight. Uh, I'm Jeff Malott, my partner Ryan Lambert over there. What's going on, Ryan? Living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. Just got off the lake. Back in the home studio. Hey, look at it. Still here. Still here. Who knew? Yeah. Usually out on the road working hard. Uh, Not this week. Not Not this week. week. What uh, did you do this weekend? What do we got to talk about? I did nothing. I, I didn't do anything this week. I was being uh, being domesticated this weekend. Um, I, I don't know what happened. I saw my our good friend that's in the comments right now, Cliff Allen. He said, I'm going in or something. <laughs> I'm going live or something. I got a notification that he went live, and then I never saw what came of it. I didn't catch the video. Did you, did you see? This was Friday night later in the afternoon, of course. Um, but I didn't see what happened. Did you hmm. happen to catch that yourself? I did not. Cliff, Cliff or Cliff. Clifton? Can you give us the Cliff notes of what that was about? Because I maybe Cliff can tell Clifton or yeah, yeah. Well, one of the two. Uh, yeah, I don't think there was a whole lot going on this weekend. Um, locally, you know, there there were a few local clubs that had some derbs uh, up in Knoxville. They had a, a Fort Loudon tournament. Um, Young gun Daniel Keys, he took the took the win on Fort Loudon, and uh, I got I got of course stepped in a little bit of hot water uh, afterwards because I posted about you know good thing they cut the rivers off for the River Boys, meaning Jordan Marshall and Eric Thomason, and uh, I guess that just uh, was not was not met with um, laughter on the <laughs> tournament director side because they they teed off there for a second marshall woke up this morning and of course came in pretty hot on that post and and it got fairly out of hand um you know moral of the story i like it when the rivers are included with the lakes but that's just me i have my own club that we run so yeah well yeah not much popping over here we had a we had a lo- we had a local tournament that uh, i threw i threw my my money in i came in a top 10 with a solid 10th place finish Okay. All uh, right. On, on a flooded Beaver Lake, and uh, a few people threw up some big limits. Jason Kinsey won it. Uh, Krista Hibbs, who I think you met over at, at uh, Darden yep. Event, she came in yep. second and won. I big saw bass. that. Congrats. One, one big bass. So yeah, kicking butt over here. Flooded in our flooded waters. Cliff yeah. Allen said he had to delete the whole video due to John Allen throwing in some BS at the end. <laughs> Thank you, Cliff, for for being your own custodian. We do appreciate that. You're the man. Well, we got a, you know, nationwide, there were some big things happening. You know, big tournament up in Connecticut. Maybe the first big kayak tournament ever in Connecticut. We got Where the is Connecticut? Saturday. Uh, I think it's near Montana. I'm not sure. Okay. All right. I could be wrong with that. No. Uh, okay. It's up in the Northeast. We've had some other Northeast anglers on earlier this year. And we've got Ryan Nye, the Saturday winner, coming on here in just a minute. Then out west, Alex Cox cashed the big money. We'll have Dude, he cleaned on house on them boys out there. Goodness gracious. I know. Uh, and and I did see uh, about 3 p.m. today they did finalize the results. So congratulations, California, on uh, on counting your votes or judging whatever you, whatever y'all did. Good job, you got it. Good job, boys. We do a lot of back and forth with the Cali folks, and uh, you know, all in good good fun. And they put on a good show this weekend. It looked like so. Good job out there, guys. Made it through all the muscle checks and different things and had your big tournament. So we're proud, we're proud I can see them off flexing at the at the board check just to make sure. Yeah. I was trying to get this shared over to the Bass Nation group since we're having one of those guys on there, but I can't seem to find it. Maybe I'm blocked. I don't know. But yeah, we probably are blocked, man. That's yeah, if fine. anyone wants to share this thing over there, that'd be great. Or share this live stream anywhere else. That'd be great, too. That'll help us out a lot. We'll take it. Yeah, and if you're listening on uh, – we got somebody on YouTube – Paul's on YouTube. we got some people on Facebook watching. And if you're listening on the podcast later, on the audio podcast, we appreciate y'all too. Uh, but, yeah, let, let's get uh, Ryan in here and talk about catching big smallies in Connecticut. What do you say? Mm, mm, mm. Speaking your language? Yes, I like it. All right, talk here to we me. go. We'll be right back with Ryan and I. KBN Live is brought to you by Western Sun Vodka. Western Sun Vodka is a 10 times distilled, award-winning, gluten-free vodka. They are independently owned and crafted in Pilot Point, Texas. Hey, 
All right. Ryan Nye, what is up, my man? Thanks for taking What's the time up, to join man? us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Before we came on, Ryan, we, uh, I'm going to start saying Lambert like in the military. Okay, Lambert, thank you. Lambert and I, because we got two Ryans here. There you go. Uh, I said, we've had all these Northeastern guys with the accents on, and he's like, we're the ones with the accents? What are you talking about? Is that, is that right? I, I guess on this, you kind of are, huh? We're outnumbered by YouTube. <laughs> yep, that's the trick. That is the trick. So, tell us where you're from and uh, how long have you been kayak fishing? Uh, I'm from Connecticut. I've been kayak fishing competitively since 2018, so not too, too long. And, I mean, my first year I was in like a sit-in little kayak like everybody starts in. But <laughs> So, if you call that kayak fishing, I guess that's like the original, but doing the bigger lake stuff, this is only my second year, so... Like what do you fish out of now? What was your upgrade? I fish out of an old town predator PDL. <laughs> Let him know about it, All right. That's fine. That. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. It works. It does. It does. They they are functional kayaks. They float and gets me around the lake, and you know, I'll take it. What's your favorite accessory that you have on your old town kayak? My pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All functional, right. Functional pedals. That's a good thing. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. Drive, I don't know. I mean, that is something good to have on there. I, I'm not a sure. big accessory guy. Do you run electronics? Are you an electronic uh, guru? No, I wouldn't say a guru. I have a Helix 7 that okay. I run, but nothing crazy. I don't have no live or nothing like that. Was that influential in you winning this tournament, would you say? It was not. Well, I guess. <laughs> I marked beds on it, and then I used mapping for the entire event. I never even used anything else, so I, I like it. went and followed my marks, and <laughs> that's it. Well, Are tell you us awake, a little Jeff? Bit of, yeah, tell us a little bit about the fishery, man, for people that aren't familiar with Candlewood. I, I mean, honestly, never heard of it before. Um, I'm not really familiar with it either. I'm from Connecticut, and I've never fished that lake until I took Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to pre-fish it. Um, I mean, it's a pretty big lake, but it's like narrow fingers. Um, so it's, there's not like a lot of like big water, I wouldn't say. Like, um, it fishes fairly small, I thought. Um, the water is clear for you guys, especially down south that don't get clear water. It's not like Lake George or nothing, but it's uh, <clears throat> not dirty either. Like, you know, some of those lakes. Some of the mud holes down here? Yeah. What was your approach? You How are you catching these fish? Feet, How are you catching these fish in the in the clear water? Um, I was fishing beds in pre-fishing. I was marking beds, and then it got a little bit more stained up throughout the tournament. And I kind of switched what I was doing. And there was boat tournaments Friday, well Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and all those guys, it seemed like those guys wanted to be sight fishing. So I kind of moved away from the sight fishing thing when. Every bed I went to was empty or there was already someone on it or somebody would leave, somebody else would jump on it. Um, so I kind of, I kind of got away from the sight fishing thing after I caught, I caught my first two fish off beds or first three fish off beds. And then I went and did a little something different. Well, that's a pretty excited way to catch smallmouth, though, sight fishing. We we don't necessarily have that luxury down here. We know where they bed and you go there and you throw until you get bit. Uh, you don't actually see the fish, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, man. I, even up here in, in the Ozarks, we have clear water with Beaver Lake and Table Rock. I don't have really any experience sight fishing for smallmouth because when you say you say sight fishing, I immediately think throwing it largemouth on beds. So how hey, deep were those things bedding up? Um, I saw them anywhere from two feet to six. As, I mean, as deep as you could see. I mean, their beds are huge. So even when the water was a little dingy, you could still see them in six. Um, I'm sure they were betting deeper than that, but no, there was some, I mean, 20 inch smallmouth in two feet of water betting like a largemouth would. Really? Yeah, it was, it was cool. <laughs> I listened to a podcast not long ago, uh, one of the Bass Talk Live episodes, and they were talking about betting and smalling, smallmouth, and they say they're unlike largemouth, you don't have to mess with them. If you put a bait in front of it, they'll eat it. Is that true? Did you find that to be true? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like, they'll meet it on the way down. They're not waiting for you to mess with them on the bed. Yeah, no, they just don't want it there. It doesn't matter. I mean, and you can 
flip in there, catch it, let it go, and wait five minutes, flip back in there, and you'll catch it again. Oh. I mean, they're, they're just, will keep eating, I guess. Because <laughs> they're, I mean, smallmouth are like hyper aggressive anyway. Honestly, smallmouth are way easier to catch than largemouth. The problem is finding where the smallmouth mm-hmm. are, because usually they're, if they're in a clear deep lake, they're in deeper water, so you, you don't really have that great of an idea. Or they're in really fast moving water, and some people just don't feel comfortable, you know, river fishing. So uh, that's why a lot of a lot of guys don't mess with smallmouth because they're a little little harder to find. But once you find them, you're going to put them in the boat because they'll eat anything. Yeah. Yep. Literally, though, whatever you put in front of them, when especially when they're on beds, I mean, and all year. I mean, if you can get around a group of them, you can just keep catching them. And- they'll pile up like that once you do find them. So, but this, I mean, this was just looking at them and once I couldn't find them or stop finding them and big boats seemed to be taking them or other kayakers were sitting on spots. I just went to a shade bank cause everybody wanted to be looking at them and you couldn't see them on the shade bank. So I, um, I did what you were just talking about just casting where they should be and catching them that way. But the bank that I caught my last two good fish on, I saw two boats on it all day where every other bank had <laughs> boats all day back and forth. So smart, smart play. <laughs> well, tell us the, tell us the story on this one. The behemoth Smalley from uh, day one. I caught two that size. So I don't know which one that is. Was that the early one or the late one? Uh, I didn't have a timestamp on it. It's just the top one on the list right there. Five, okay. No, that's five forty-three AM. Good Lord. So, I wasn't even out of bed. On any tournament at 5.43 a.m. Is that an accurate timestamp? Maybe that's uh, throwing central time on there. It's got to be because our tournament didn't start till 6. Fish (laughs) chaos. Oh, you're DQ'd. Never mind. Who is second? We've got a a new winner. Breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) California just finished judging the fish. Bring (laughs) bring them in. (laughs) I caught caught a 20 and a quarter on the shade line, just blind casting where they should be. Every dock, it seemed like they were chained down in the corners with cinder blocks on the bottom of them. Um, so there should be, I mean, they should be bedding near those or around those. So I just fished every single one of those on the shade line, and I caught a 20 and a quarter over there doing that. And then the other one was the second fish I caught um, that day, which was on a bed in two feet of water. And it was, honestly, it was like maybe 80 yards from the boat ramp. That's awesome. Maybe. That's a good spot for one. So I ran around the point. I caught that first. The 19, uh, 19.75 I caught was the first fish. Um, I had marked it the day before, so I knew that one was there. And I caught that, ran around the point, back to the boat ramp, caught the other one. And then I just went looking where there was beds, and a lot of them were empty. And then I ended up finding the 18.5 um, on a bed. And then the last two were just blind casting on that shade bank where where the other beds were, like in in the area where they should be. It's just going a lot slower, and I mean you just got to take your time and pick it apart a little more because obviously you're hoping they're there, but you don't know. Yeah, that's well, awesome. I'm you, jealous. Uh, what were you catching them on? Um, I caught, juice? What was that? So you want to give up the juice or what? Yeah, we can give up some juice. Um, <laughs> If I saw them, I would just, I, like you said, they'll eat anything. I was using a, um, a Tokyo rig with just a white, I cut a Sanko in half, threw it on there, and they'll, they would eat it um, if I could see them. Um, if, when I was not seeing them, I was throwing a quarter ounce Berkeley craw and just dragging it really slow um, where I thought they should be. I've just never thrown Ned rigs, and everyone else was throwing Ned rigs, and <laughs> I felt like that was similar, but I could throw a big hook on it and throw it on casting gear, and that's way more my speed than finesse, slow down, eight pound test. I'm, I'm good without that. <laughs> uh, Clifton Allen wants to know. Well, first of all, he says congrats on your win. Second of all, he wants to know if you're a jackhammer guy. Is that something that you keep in your arsenal? I am. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You're a good man. You deserve to win. <laughs> I, I did not catch any fish on it this that whole week though. I threw it a bunch. What? I never got bit on it. Bro, um, are you kidding? Not maybe one? I, maybe I suck at throwing the jackhammer, but I throw it. Oh shit. You <laughs> throw it out, you throw it out, let it hit the water, and then you just turn the handle and bring it back. That's that's it, huh? That's all you have to do. <laughs> I don't know, man, it didn't work for me. Oh uh, my goodness. It's those Yankee they fish, I bet. They don't they don't know what they're supposed to eat. They're eating half Cinco's on a Tokyo rig. They're right. so confused. It doesn't matter those things, man. 
they just eat. If, they, if you can see them, I mean, unless they're spooky, but they're, those things are running around the bed chasing bluegill, and they're just fired up all the time. I mean, well, good news. You've qualified for the national championship, so. Um, yeah. Thumbs up to goal. you, pal. Thanks. Is it, don't bring that Tokyo rig with half a Cinco to wherever it is, Caddo, or well, I don't know where I, it'll be by then. But I don't throw a Tokyo rig any other time of the year. <laughs> That's it. Well, Benfish right, is the only right. time I'll have that thing tied on. Really? That makes perfect uh-huh. sense. It's kind of a power drop shot deal. People used to drop shot for bed. They're pretty so. good down here, grass, but especially when the when the milfoil and stuff's first coming up. Tokyo rig's a pretty pretty solid yeah. little choice uh, with yeah. a big worm. I like it with a big worm on it, too, like an old monster or something. Huh. Yeah. Maybe I should add it, but I don't know. I, just... I don't know what I'm talking about anyway, man. Don't let Ryan lie to you. He's throwing a spinnerbait or chatterbait or a Ned rig. Ain't no Tokyo rig coming out of that boat. Ain't, ain't no, I can't even spell Tokyo, so. Yeah. There. Uh, we had another question for you, man. Uh, Chris yeah. Marks asked, did the limited launches cause issues? Um, I know it seemed like a problem before. Everybody was fired up about it before the event. Um, I like that better. I think it's cool if everybody launched in the same spot. I mean, then you don't get those side of the road little – Oh, he launched here, and nobody else could really get there, and you got to be local to know it's legal, and you didn't get any of that. So it was like we got to launch at these three places, and you know, it just leveled the playing field. And I mean, for us guys that live here, like there's a park at that lake that you can go down a hill and launch your boat, and if you know that it's there. But not being able to do that, I mean, it was kind of nice, even though us local guys, it could have affected more than most, but. I do like the idea of the kind of predetermined launches. And I'm not saying like limit it to three or four necessarily, but if you have like a published list of these are the available launches, like you said, that way there's not a question of, you know, well, Jim Bob slid off in the back of this. So we had this happen at Hartwell a couple weeks ago. You know, a guy sent me a video of this truck like, at the back of this slough and you could see a trail through the leaves like through the woods i mean it was 80 or 90 yards through the woods to to the back of this slough and i mean who knows if that's legal or not like i and i, I know it's angler responsibility whatever whatever but that's still like a truck pulled over on the side of the road and they drug their kayak through the woods you know, mm-hmm. whether yeah. whether there's an easement on it or not for the power line or whatever it may be i do like the idea of having kind of predetermined legal launches there yeah i like that i I think they should do that more, honestly. Instead of just any public access for anywhere that you can get public access, and if you can pay, like it just gets so dicey. I think so. Yeah, for sure. If you just make the list, and that's where you can go. And I mean, if yeah. the list is fifty boat ramps, that's fine too. It doesn't matter. But at least yeah. everybody knows where you can go, where you can't. Yeah, I wonder Agreed. if anyone's in the com- watching. Uh, you can get in the comments and let me know if you were there. The TOC, one of the TOCs before Hobie took it over. Uh, I think it was maybe the second to last one. Uh, they did that at like four. They gave you a lit. They said it was core ramps only, no other ramp, and they didn't even allow campground ramps. It had to be core ramps only, and it cut the ramps down drastically. And it was kind of a a a big to do. A lot of people was the like second that. to last one, the one that Guillermo f- yes. freaking smoked him and got his limit kicked out because he called Scotch and celebrated or something called joseph that's yeah that's what it was because they because of the limited launches they both paddled like three miles one way to to their spots uh and called each other on the way back in or something like that but (laughs) that's crazy yeah duke tram was there you were there dude tell us about that that was one of those deals where they overcooked it and limited it too much because they didn't allow some of the campground ramps and things like that that had very obviously public ramps but it was only core ramps and caused a big problem but i'd like to meet somewhere in the middle of that that'd be all right with me for sure. And I mean, a lot of times, like you'll have these, like you were saying, these these ramps that are private marinas, but somebody goes in and asks them like, oh, hey, we're having a big kayak tournament this weekend. Can we use this ramp? Well, shit, only three or four people may know about that where, you know, there's guys that are planning on paddling 10 miles across the river to get there. Like that, that kind of stuff I don't really care for. Yeah, and then you get there, and there's already eight boats, eight kayakers there, and you're like, where'd you guys launch? They're like, oh, you can pay Jimmy over here, and you get a launch. <laughs> like, oh, well, that would be nice to know. But. but that happened to us on Chick. So there was a private marina that never lets anybody launch there, but they opened it up for the tournament, but not everybody knew about it, and we had pedaled like three and a half miles 
across mm-hmm. the freaking river to go pre-fish it. And we get there and there's like three or four kayaks in there. We're like, what in the heck? Like, how, <laughs> how's this happening? And they're like, oh, it's legal for this tournament. <laughs> come on. Come on, guys. That yeah. happened at a KBF event on Tanny Como a couple of years ago. There was some old cemetery access that only one or two local guys knew about. And there was a big stink about whether that was legal or not. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I see your point, Ryan. All right, yeah, make, so make note of that. Know. Make note of that, fishing gods. Put that in the put that in yeah. the rules from here on out. Yeah, yeah. KBN so, cares. KBN cares. We're always trying to make this. We're always trying to grow the sport, right, for the better. Isn't that, isn't that our <laughs> yes. isn't that our mission? Yep, yep. Just rub it and it'll grow. Yep. That's it, man. That's it. Uh, any more questions in the comments for Mister Nye while we have him? I know he's doing the podcast circuit tonight, so we're glad he gave us a little time to come on and visit about his big W. Now you fish both days, right? I did. I did fish both days. So, what was anything different on Sunday, or did you just kind of relax um, a little bit on Sunday, or what happened? Uh, the The first couple of fish that I caught, that first twenty, um, that nineteen, I didn't see either of those. I I think the bass was really pulling them off. So a lot of what I had was gone, and I ran around the lake, and I just never really found them. I caught those two fish fairly early, doing exactly what I did at the end of the day on Saturday. Um, but I ran up and down that bank on Saturday and caught a bunch of fish that didn't, they weren't bigger than 18 and a half and they weren't helping me. But, um, so I know I, if I left that, I would have done better on Saturday, but I put three fish on the board and that was it. But I was beat. I ran all over that lake on Saturday and pedaled and pedaled and pedaled and pedaled and jumped from mark to mark to mark looking for fish. So, yeah, I don't know. Saturday. What point did you know you had it locked up? Like at, at what, you know, time frame of the day were you like, I got this, this, this one's mine. 301. Okay. No, I, I really, I really thought that I was going to get past. I thought we were going to need a hundred to win that. Yeah. Um, there was just so many big fish up. And I think if you got in the right area and big boats didn't hit it, I think, I think you easily could have put up a hundred, but and I was worried about it the whole time. And I was waiting at the end. I'm like, somebody's got to, you know, dump fishing, like, <laughs> but it never happened. So. That's the good thing about adult smallmouth, though, generally speaking. I mean, if you catch an adult smallmouth, it's 18 to 20 inches every single time. So mm-hmm. anything over 20 is is bonus points. But usually if you catch an adult, it's it's going to be 18 to 20 every time. Yeah. There was a lot of big ones up. And they weren't, you know, they looked, they were skinny. They weren't like the ones that I was catching, at least. They weren't, they weren't full. So, I mean, they could have been moving off, too. So them moving off and boats taking them off and yeah i don't know i think we caught the tail end of the smallies and but if you found big ones i, I really thought it was going to be 100 i really did well that's awesome so I, I somebody posted a comment that you you've been uh you've been kicking some ass in the local stuff up there you know for for a while now um what's, what's your local club that you fish with uh, I direct and fish with um, Eddie Basson. Um, I know you guys just had uh, Tibbins on here a couple, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, yeah. whatever it was. Um, so he directs the individual trail, and I co-direct the team trail for kayaks and small boats. Um, so I do Eddie Basson, and then I do Sway Nation. Um, I fish Sway events with those guys. But I just fish whatever's local. It doesn't matter. I, I just want to fish with people. It doesn't, I don't and we were talking before you're you're considering possibly making the the trip to Champlain. I would like to. I would like to go to Champlain um, for the OB event, and then we have the elite um, kayak elites or whatever it's called um, up here in the Northeast, and they're going to Champlain and um, Winnipesaukee. I'd like to do a couple of those events too with those guys, but I would definitely like to do the Hobie one. And I did the Susquehanna last year. Ooh, yeah, and that yeah. was not fun for me. What? What I, happened? I, I did terrible, and I don't know. I just got to figure it out. But I, I was considering that one, too, for Hobie. So. I'll be at that one for sure. You're more than welcome to come hang out with us at the old church one night. We have a graveyard in the in the yard if you want to come over. Um, but, yeah, the Susky, I think this year, supposedly, from what I'm hearing, is going to be better. There's actually going to be uh, what they call water in the river really? so that should make the fishing a lot better because <laughs> last year i think there was more rocks than uh than water and that yeah. made for a tough little run yeah the, the drive did not really help me last year it was more of a nuisance because it found just about every rock in the 
I so when I say that I put the uh, the the kick up fins to the test, I mean it. I beat the heck out of that thing. Like it was bad. Yeah. Um, that was a rough river. I mean, you better you, you better really trust your trust your equipment, mm-hmm. and hopefully you don't have any uh, soft spots in the hull because you will find them for sure. Yeah, but the, it was fun. I mean, we caught we caught a lot of fish, not a lot of big fish, but it was a good time. And I know a lot of guys that did well and loved it. So, I mean, if I could go back down there, that'd be fun too. We've How many got, people uh, did you have in the tournament on Saturday? Up here, in Connecticut, uh-huh. I think it was like seventy-six, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a good turnout? And it was a pretty good. I saw some pictures. Jody Queen uh, posted some pictures of. Uh, was it Friday night or Saturday? They had a food truck, and I saw some tables and stuff set out. Looked like a little little shindig, little gathering. Yeah, yeah, they did. Well, they did it um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I think. But Friday was like. It was like a mandatory captain's meeting, so there was a bunch of people there. I think I would assume everybody went. I don't know, but um, yeah, nice. We got, we, Congrats, we got Alex Cox in the green room. We're going to get him in here in just a second. But there's one thing that that Ryan mentioned that I, I didn't even think about with the KBF events being two separate, totally events Saturday and Sunday, and that is you could have went back and caught all those twenties again off the beds if you found them, right? One hundred percent legal. In a two-day tournament, you can't do that. No. Something, I, something I hadn't even thought about. So. Yeah, and I, I really thought that was going to come into play, and I thought people were just going to be watching each other. Um, I started that 1975 I caught. I started, like, maybe three docks down from a guy. And I caught mine, and I was leaving, and he was putting his back. So I opened um, the app, and I was, like, looking through, and he had submitted a 1975. I'm like, he knows where I was. I know where he was, but I was running back to the boat ramp because I knew there was a 20. Um, but he could have easily just went over to my to my fish and caught that 1975. Oh, man. So yeah. I was like, I don't know how that's going to work. And, <laughs> the wide world of kayak fishing. That would have been yeah, epic. Just... Like I got saying, they're just so easy to catch. And then just go right back and <laughs> keep defending. So. If you had caught all five of the same fish on the day two, that would have been epic to win them back to back on the same fish. That would have been good yeah. talking points. Oh boy! I can only imagine. <laughs> if I wasn't blind casting the last year, maybe that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Do you have any any sponsors, family, friends you'd like to thank? We I know you got to jump on another podcast here, so we'll wrap this up. Um. Yeah. I guess sponsor wise, I'm um, with Northbound Gear. Uh, it's like a clothing company out of Canada. They make a lot of like cold weather stuff, um, which obviously didn't help me this week because it was 90 the whole weekend but um <laughs> in the winter and stuff they make awesome stuff you guys can check them out um and i'm with Wu tungsten and x-zone lures as well um, and being in Connecticut is actually pretty cool my parents and my girlfriend went down to the awards um because it's close and i was doing well and they messaged me like two hours before the tournament and they were like hey we're gonna come down i'm like don't plan on me winning this because don't jinx it don't jinx it yeah i don't know how this is gonna go but that was that was pretty cool so thanks to them um i appreciate that that was nice um okay yeah. i mean when we're traveling around there's a lot of events that we do that they couldn't go to because they're in alabama or florida or whatever so doing good at a local one was pretty cool heck yeah man good stuff now you can go spend congratulations thank you appreciate, appreciate you coming on with us man yeah thanks for having me yeah, good times, man. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, I think Brian and the whole crew is going to be on Paddle and Finn here in 30 or 40 minutes. So get over there and check them out. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Let's see if we can bring in Mr. Cox. Alex Cox, welcome hey. to the show. How you guys How you doing? doing? Good. How you doing, man? We're here, oh, man, man. I'm doing great. You're doing real good. Now, I was going to call you the $15,000 man, but there was conflicting reports about how much money you actually won at this event. So you want to clear that up before we go on? Uh, 15 seems to be the, the right number. Yeah. Okay. Ah, Lambert was dead on. Of course. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know my dollars and cents, Jeff. I might not know much else. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, Josh, Evans, Josh Evans says, bring in the cocks. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm here. Go. He He's says here. that every night. It's crazy. <laughs> so did, did I get it right that you were starting a new job this week? Yeah, yeah. This whole a, the past two weeks has been insane. So I've been I've been 
basically in this interview process since March. It's this, uh, it's a golf performance place. I, I used to run a gym. I'm, I'm in the fitness industry and, and we shut down in September. Uh, my co my business partner and I shut the gym down that we had for three years. And, you know, I've been doing nothing but fishing and kind of doing some soul searching in the past few months. You know, obviously COVID brought a, a big hamper on everything. And, um, I found this this really cool place to work. It's called Urban Golf Performance, and uh, today was my first day of like staff training for two weeks. And so this Clear Lake tournament, building up to it, was kind of like this turning point in my life where I'm getting back into like real work, big boy jobs, and and I'm not exactly sure how much fishing I'm gonna be doing after that. But uh, and Clear Lake is about seven and a half hour drive. So after the awards ceremony and everything got all said and done yesterday. I didn't get home till like three fifteen and started at eight a.m. this morning, um, and even just getting back here for this, I was in about forty minutes of traffic. But uh, life's good, man. I can't Heck complain yeah, about man. anything right now. I'm I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Big Did you call your boss jobs. this morning and tell him to shove it that you're a professional kayak <laughs> angler now? No, but I. Uh, <laughs> but I, I got two Starbucks on the way to work, so there. Yeah, you know, slammed a couple Red Bulls before I walked in there, and. Uh, no, I told him I was like, "Hey, like, just so you know, I I won a big kayak tournament yesterday, and I I'm pumped to be here, but I'm also like, I got like a thousand text messages to answer to, but I'll take care of that later." <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it was it's life's good. Yeah, what what a what a way to start the week, man! Start the new job with a nice little nest egg in the in the bank account, huh? Yeah, really. Yeah, that helps. Post COVID yeah. surprise. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, tell us about the tournament. Obviously, you're in California, but if you're seven and a half hours away, it's not a local. So, how'd you yeah. So I live. Uh, I live just south of LA County, basically Orange County. Um, and uh, I grew up doing a lot of saltwater fishing. And and once I got into college, you know, college collegiate fishing takes you around the state and and across the nation sometimes and and so we did fish clear lake a decent amount so i actually call clear lake kind of like my home lake even though i live so far away from it okay um because i've got a lot of history there and i have a close family friend who lives on the lake he doesn't fish at all which is surprising but um every time i go up there i kind of check out some areas and and really where i won this tournament was about 400 yards from his house um <laughs> which was absolutely <laughs> insane um and uh and i'm always just jacked to get up to clear lake so last weekend uh anthony garcia and i drove up on thursday night around 10 p.m and got there friday morning just went straight to fishing and there's an off limits period on monday so we fished friday saturday sunday made the long drive home and then we went back up and the official practice day was saturday uh oh this so was I a sunday this was a sunday turn one day tournament one day, okay. two tournaments in conjunction with each other, but they're both on Sunday. Jesus. Yeah, timing was kind of kind of <laughs> weird here. Um, and in practice, the week before, I had about 95 inches on Friday. I had 98 on Saturday, and I checked another area of the lake, and uh, it was probably like 85 inches or so. So I had some some confidence areas, and I had a feeling that 90, like high 90s was going to take it. Um, really, Clear Lake has a lot of, healthy good solid weight fish but for kayak fishing it's kind of tough to put up big numbers because they're so fat and short typically obviously last year russ snyder's put up 100 inches and that was insane but traditionally it's in like the mid to mid 90s i would say he doesn't count anything russ snyder's does has an asterisk beside it that doesn't even yeah. that doesn't count in real life um so yeah so i and i planned i i run a, a new canoe pursuit with an xi3 trolling motor um, I got a hundred amp bioeno battery, and I plan. I actually brought an extra sixty amp battery because I planned on running about fifteen waypoints, about eighteen miles of bank. Bro, and I, I I just had so much different stuff. I had bed fish I was going to check on. I had like rock points and and some grass stuff. I just had a lot of stuff. Um, so I pulled up to my first spot around at six. We had thirty minutes to get from launch to lines in, and it was this big rock wall that I could really bank on for like an 80 to 85 inch limit. It took me 30 minutes to catch a 16 incher. And I was like, this is, <laughs> yes. this is not good right now. Like I was scratching my head. So I cast out I'm, and I'm fishing a jig to start off with. So I cast out again and the wind is howling and the waves are bouncing off this wall. So I'm just getting kind of turned around, but I'm on spot lock. So it's, 
it's I'm somewhat able to stay on the same spot. And as I'm kind of like looking at my graph to figure out, okay, which exact spot am I going to go to next? I, I just noticed that my rod starts moving and, and I pick it up and I set the hook and it was my big fish of the tournament, 21 and a half. And so I figure, all right, well, maybe I just need to slow down a little bit. So I continue to stay on spot lock on the same spot and I caught four more fish in the next 15 minutes that put me at 95 inches. Bro. And then Ooh. I only had to move. I mean, with the motor guide, you can basically push a button and it'll jog you up about like five feet. And so I would jog up about five feet and make a cast and I catch a fish and then jog up another five to 10 feet and catch a fish. I probably caught 20 fish in what? between like 630 and eight o'clock. And I had like 98 inches. Shit. And then I called another two and a quarter inches in like the next hour. On the, the same just, rock wall that the it was same, just on fire. The same rock wall, it it just lit up between 6.30 and 8. It kind of ramped up, went down a little bit, and I couldn't buy a bite after 9.40. I had 100 and a quarter inches at 9.40. and <laughs> That's probably enough. I mean, you know, not and I had no anything, idea what to do. Go get a martini, kick back, get your nails done. Hell, I don't know what you Cali people do, but that's yeah. probably what I would have went for. <laughs> the worst thing was I was a quarter mile from my friend's house, and I could have you know, <laughs> taken a nap there. Went and got some breakfast, took a, but, took a uh, little dish so in with, the hammock. With this tournament, Clear Lake is so big, and but they have there's so much of the lake. It's, uh, it's about, I don't know, maybe like 26 miles from end to end, maybe more. I'm... For some reason, I have 26 stuck in my head. But they gave you 10 launches to, to choose from. It was kind of like an open, selected launch ramp format. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, you, you couldn't get out anywhere. I mean, that's, it's California. You have to you know, choose a ramp. You can't really launch anywhere on the lake. And yep. I mean, there's so much of, the, of Clear Lake that is inaccessible to kayaks because there's so much space mm -hmm. between some launches. And there's just not even roads to, to get to these spots. But... Either way, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I basically went for a boat ride for four hours, five hours, and sweated it out. I checked on a couple other things, but I didn't want to use all the extra battery. I, like, the wind kind of died down eventually. I mean, I caught a couple more fish on chatterbaits and things like that, but I pretty much just cruised around the lake and checked my phone about every 15 minutes to see if anybody was catching up. If a man shows up at a ramp with three or four batteries, I'm going to assume he knows exactly what he's about to do that day. So I probably would just tip my hat to you at that point and load my stuff back on the trailer. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that I didn't have to go do that because the the other fish that I, like the bed fish that I would plan on looking at were maybe eighteen to nineteen inches. They always look bit bigger in practice when they're in the water and when you catch them, you know. I don't think they would have really, really helped me. I I stuck one 20-inch bedfish in practice in an area that I, I didn't want to have to go so far in the tournament. I kind of wanted to eliminate that water, and I maybe could have put up 101. But, um, yeah, I'm seeing people saying I should have thrown a HUD. But right now, Clear Lake, the, the conditions, it's, it's Northern California. There's a lot of fish that are post-spawn. Pretty much when I was catching big fish last week, I was catching fish on frogs, buzz baits, and pretty much everything was on points outside of spawning coves. And that's kind of what I figured was going to work. <laughs> In practice, they weren't really there. I didn't have those frog fish. I didn't have those chatterbait fish in the grass and the, those points you know, where those fish are kind of in between going out to their summer deep spots and coming from their spawning coves. Um, but this rock wall just always reloads and normally we fish there when it's at night and it's on fire. But that morning it was just, it was something else. There really was. So uh, oh, go sorry, ahead. Ryan. Sorry, so Bob no, Baylor no, no, no. asked what you fish out of. I thought you already. New canoe yeah. I, I fish on a, a new canoe pursuit. All right. Do you have a white millennium seat on it by chance? No, no, I, I don't No, I got the Would regular, you like one? regular seat. No, you know what's funny is uh, <laughs> for yes, some tournaments, white seats year, are funny. You know, I, I see a lot of guys put coolers on on this, as, and they use the coolers to see. Like Cody Milton has done it a handful of times, and I know Derek Brundle <laughs> does. Cody Milton enjoyed it so much he went back to Hobie. Yeah. So, <laughs> I funny story. So I, I bought it. I bought a cooler 
And I, I put it on the boat and I strapped it down and everything like that. And I fished a handful of tournaments earlier in the year, some smaller ones, um, where sight fishing was really the deal. And I was throwing like some big glide baits and I was seeing followers and they were just kind of showing me where they were. But standing on that cooler, some tournaments allow it and some don't, you could really just see everything, but your balance mm-hmm. is still far off. So I fell in the water twice in the same day mm. and I had like an iPhone 10. And I was like, I didn't think anything of it. The next weekend, I fished another tournament out of the same setup with the cooler. I fell in again. This is in Northern California. My phone dies, and I'm just about to, like, the tournament's over. Like, I check out. My phone was still working. I checked out of the tournament on Tourney X and everything. I waved to my buddy at the launch ramp, and I'm like, hey, like, I got to go. We got six-hour drive home. I want to, you know, get home before it's dark. And my phone died as soon as I hit basically highway five, which I had the 300 miles to drive every single person that I know, my wife, all my fishing friends who I normally talk to when I'm on this drive home, were calling CHP. Nobody had heard from me, oh, wow. the tournament director, like everybody was on like this bolo, be on the lookout for me because I didn't have my phone and it died. Um, Chips so is out there just riding up and down the road on their motorcycles yeah. looking for you. Yeah, that was that was an event for sure. But I'm going to stick to the regular seat from now on. That's smart. I mean, I, I like having a cooler in the boat only if I'm going drinking. If I'm going fishing, there's not really a need uh, for me to have a cooler inside my vessel. Yeah. I wanted you to talk a little bit about the health of that fishery because I, when, whenever there's a tournament and I see a big limit in the top, you know, say the top five have solid limits, that's, yeah. that's impressive no matter where it is. But when I, I always like to go down to like 20th and 30th place and see where those numbers are and you know that really kind of talks about the fishery so i went and I, let me throw this on the screen real quick i went all the way down to 78th place and the 78th place person still had 80 inches yeah and 102 people had limits so i mean obviously clear lake is is right right now so that kind of i mean just those numbers alone kind of explain why i'm willing to drive at all hours of the night to get there I mean, you guys have probably heard about Southern California and how dismal it can be. There's big fish in Southern California, but if you catch 80 inches, like you're pretty happy with that sometimes. Um, but yeah, clearly, like, it's uh, it's really hard to get to catch fish that are under two pounds. There, for some reason, they basically just go from fry to two pounders instantly. <laughs> and I think people have figured out that they typically grow about a pound and a half a year. Um, and it's just, you can do anything that you technically want to do. If you want to deep crank and, and throw hard baits all day long, you can do that really well. If you want to throw a six inch robo worm drop shot all day long, you can still win a tournament doing that. If you want to fish deep, if you want to fish shallow, it's got a big North end. That's this big shallow bowl where you could flip and frog all day long. And when you go further down South, it's got two different arms that, kind of have a little bit deeper water and it's got it's an it's the biggest natural lake in california so it's got a lot of volcanic rock and it's it just always puts out fish it's really hard to have a bad day there it's just whether it's good or it's really good yeah I that's mean, awesome even the 19th place person had 90 inches yeah insane numbers for anywhere so i i remember shane Homeboy Shane Williams went out to, he hung out with uh, Cody and Abel and the the whole the whole Cali crew. But he went out to Clear Lake, I think it was year before last, uh, probably. And Adam Bombaugh, don't let me leave Adam out, he'll get, uh-huh. he'll get very upset. But anyhow, went out to Clear Lake and he sent a picture of this rock wall. And there were like 20, 25 kayaks like lined up down this bluff wall and like 15 of them were blocking for one dude fishing (laughs) fishing an area down there like how many people were you fishing around on your uh on your bluff wall so my the wall that i was fishing i mean it's kind of where a a rock bank meets a a wall so it wasn't all just a wall there was some rock out there as well that was just kind of offshore but um there's three guys there is okay. the guy that was kind of, I would say, closest to me, um, but we kind of r- crossed paths at some point, maybe around like 7.15 or 7.30. This is when I had maybe a 97 or 98 inches. He, 
I, I said, how you doing? He's like, well, I'm in second right behind you. And he had like 88, 89 inches. And once the bike kind of slowed down and I had such a big limit, I said, dude, this like, I said, look, if you want to fish in front of me, behind me, right next to me, I absolutely don't care. I mean, like we can't do anything wrong right now. And like, I, like I threw, I showed him in the air, the jig that I was throwing the color. And I was like showing him how slow I was fishing it. And he just kept throwing a drop shot. And I don't know how he ended up. He actually won uh, a brand new Hobie 360, um, a PA 14 the night before. Wow. He also bought $800 worth of raffle tickets. Wow. To <laughs> and he, Stack he the already, deck, homeboy. He already has <laughs> a Hobie, so I don't know what he's going to do with that other one. But oh. uh, no, it was it was really cool to fish right next to him. And I think his cousin was like a little bit further down the way. But no, I mean, I, I saw a couple people kind of cruise past me, but it's not really a big community hole. I think the spot that you're talking about is a little bit further up the lake. It's called Henderson Point, and it's one of the... The no community idea. spots in Clear Lake, but I have no idea. One day I'm going to venture to California. I promise. One of these days, I just saw the pictures and heard the stories and was like, "Wow, that's that's impressive." If that's if that's what a Cali tournament is, where I got to squeeze in like 50 other dudes, and uh, yeah. I, I'm not inclined to try that. I'm not. I and, don't have the the patience for it. I guess. And what I did? don't like fishing around a crowd. I typically like to do what everybody else isn't doing. Yes. I mean. Technique wise, just I like to think outside the box, and so I've fished Clear Lake kayak tournaments for the last since 2018. I started fishing on a stand-up paddleboard. My first ever bass fishing on a kayak tournament was on a 12-foot fiberglass stand-up paddleboard. I took it to Clear Lake, and uh, and then I kind of got a sense of how serious everybody was with their Hobies and, and Titans and everything. And then I bought a, new, a kayak the next year, but 2018, 2019, and 2020. All the Clear Lake events have been won up north, which is shallow grass fishing. And every year I get kind of like a top 10, top 5, and I fish down south. And this year I said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm still going to go down south, but I, I do think that I can win it not fishing all that grass stuff. But it's big enough to where you can spread out. You don't need to fish a community hole to catch 95 inches there. I just don't understand why there would have been so many people blocking. Did you like fishing off a paddleboard out of curiosity? I still do. Yeah. When I, okay. uh, so I, 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 I bought a bonafide first after that paddleboard and then I sold the bonafide and I jumped on with a new canoe. Um, and when I was waiting for the boat and the motor to kind of arrive, I had basically from October to February of like no tournaments, no nothing. And in SoCal that's prime swim bait season. So I was going to my local, pond pretty much it's like a 280 acre lake it's called a lake here uh and i was throwing eight inch huds there on a stand-up paddleboard and i would just i know my rock piles and i would anchor up and basically just fish swim baits all day long on it it's cool i mean i live really close to the ocean so it's convenient to just walk across the beach and, and paddle around a little bit um but uh i'm definitely over paddling that's for sure uh, paddling i don't recommend for anyone ever in <laughs> yeah. kayak fishing because if you're paddling then you can't cast and that's the whole point of fishing right. um i asked that because i'm looking so hobie debuted this and we can talk about this jeff i know there's a little bit of roasting on the page uh with the the hobie links and it's basically, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's it's a paddleboard that has a drive hole in the middle. I mean, it's completely flat. It's similar to that inflatable I-11 uh, that they had that was yeah. indeed an inflatable uh, paddleboard. I just don't know. I've never fished off one, and I drop I drop a ton of stuff off the side of my pro angler. So I don't, yeah. I don't know how much I'm about to lose if I try to do something like that. That's why I asked the question, you know, did you enjoy fishing off of it? I would love to have something lightweight to be able to literally carry on my shoulder down to the river or, or the ocean or wh wherever I'm at at that time. But I don't know. That's, that's where my, my little mind's at. I don't know how much stuff I'm going to drop in, in the bottom of the water. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why I like fishing off it so much is like I said, I kind of started bass fishing in college fishing. So you're standing up, you're on the, the bow of a boat, and sitting down just never really appealed to me. So when I bought this paddleboard, I didn't really have the intention of bass fishing on it, but I wanted to paddle and, and fish the ocean. And eventually I took it into the lakes. But um, I think it's 
it's got a rating of like 400 pounds. I think the the company wow. designed it for fishing because some they had regular paddle boards that you're meant to take out in the ocean, but then they custom made this this mold for like a whole offensive line of I think the Chargers or something like that. And they said, well, let's just keep making this, and we'll put some. <laughs> quarter 20 threads on it and you could add some fishing attachments to it and some ram arms and we'll call it the fishing edition okay um and it's like 36 inches wide so it's it's pretty wide and, and it's stable i mean i've never fallen off of it um you just kind of have to like when you're measuring fish on it you got to kneel down and and really pin those fish down but it's it could be convenient for you know just walking down the bank in the river i, I can definitely see that have you ever met jason yang do you know jason yang uh, I don't think so. I see. Maybe. I didn't think he really fished. I knew he was fake anyway. Have you seen his Confirmed. meme work? He does do memes. He does do. Speaking of memes, congratulations oh, yeah. to the top twelve in this California Bass Nation event. Thirteenth uh, was our friend Maximilian. He snuck yeah. in there, qualified for the the Bassmaster Classic National Champion Division, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and Max, I hope I see you there. I don't know where it's going to be, but you better make it. It's in South Cal Car South, Car South Carolina. Is that a place? Yeah, South, South Carolina. Almost, Somewhere yeah. Near, uh, <laughs> Whatever you say. Somewhere near Lake Carlo, right? I don't know why. I don't know. Is it? Is it? I, I, well, I mean, I guess we'll see. It'll be yeah. some some perimeter perimeter lake there. But I, I look forward to seeing some of you guys. I hope you guys make it out. I know it's a long haul and whatnot, but uh, we'll we'll promise to show you a good time down here. I'll take you up on that deal. Uh, we got we got a question from the crowd. Uh, Brad, I don't want to say his Ooh. last name wrong. Ask Alex who predicted he'd win. Did did Brad make that prediction? <laughs> yeah, actually. The, <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I've I've fished a handful of these Clear Lake events and and kind of knocked at the door a little bit. And everybody that I seem to talk to was just like, "Hey, this is your time." Like the way that life is setting up with this job starting, you're not going to sure you know, how much fishing you're going to be doing and, and just with everything. I had a lot of people just say, like, I think that you're going to win this one. Um, so Brad predicted it. Yeah, I know Brad pretty well. Actually, I, I still don't even know how to pronounce his last name, even though he's in our circle of friends. <laughs> um, but uh, Brad's an excellent dude. He's definitely one of one of the good guys in my corner. And, uh, you know, he's really close with Shane, my, my co-host for the, the, the Bass Thumbs Fishing Podcast. And, um you know, everybody in California has been nothing but great. I met Max for the first time yesterday at the word ceremony. He was really, really cool. I think he, you know, gave me a shout out on Instagram when he gave like his midday update. Um, you know, sometimes I think you, you, you do well and, and you get some shade from people, but everybody has been absolutely phenomenal. And, and I can't thank everybody enough, including you guys for, for having me on. Oh, heck yeah. Dude, I mean, we've been keeping up with it. I know, you know, I mean, Tim and Garrett kind of, uh, kind of poke the bear a little bit to, to hype this thing up, which I don't mind. I'm more than happy to do. But, you know, I mean, it's important to see big turnouts for these higher level California events because, uh, you know, obviously for the anglers, you want to attract these big national trails. That's more opportunity. And I right. mean, the more you get your name out there, the more growth you're going to see. And not only does that benefit you know, California as a whole, but but the anglers individually too, that's going to open more, more doors for for these guys that are interested in pulling in sponsorships and, you know, making a nice little side hustle out of kayak fishing. And at the end of the day, we're all fishing out of a plastic boat. You're right. right. That's like a very important. All, the, important all the opinions and everything aside, I, I see everything on Facebook. All it is is fishing in a plastic boat and, you know, adding some drama and some West coast versus East coast hype. Like <laughs> I, I love seeing all that stuff. Um, because everybody's got to have something to talk to between Monday and Sunday. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with our group at all, Alex? Do you follow anything that – Yeah. Any of the going, any of the going yeah. on within the group? I, I was victim to Conrad Benetti last <laughs> year. I had absolutely the best year – best monthly ever with 114 inches. Of course, I lose to Damien Tao, who you guys probably recognize that name, who also loses to Conrad Hammer. Benetti in the Wild West Kayak – monthly tournament but ah, from florida for florida. florida wild west out of florida that was when i really kind of started tuning into some of the kbn <laughs> stuff and and i still see it every once in a while i'm not really as active on facebook as i used to be i don't post anything ever but i sure as heck watch everything that you guys say 
you can copy and paste uh, pretty much Conrad from month to month. Like anything from KPN, it's going to be the same thing. Hey, uh, but it, he, it, he, he lives in a beautiful part of the country, and it yeah. grows magnificent, giant bass, and nobody nobody's knocking that or his ability to go catch those particular bass. Um, but as you know, as you just drove six or seven hours um, to the to the other side of your state to win this tournament, uh, there's a lot of factors that that go into play there. I'm sure you had some local hammers out there on Clear Lake that may have been favored to win. Uh, that didn't seem to take any wind out of your sails as you went in and dominated. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, there there was some Facebook comments about who's going to be predicted to win. I think most of the most of the comments w- went towards Damien. John Myers was also a heavy favorite, and that the, they pretty much got second and third. Um, so the usual suspects were up there. I, Greg I Blanchard, that, I saw Greg was up there as well. Yeah. Of course, Greg always cashes checks. And if you put this this tournament a little bit more towards the summertime patterns, like Greg would be my my favorite in in any kind of betting odds for for Clear Lake. At least now he he's really dialed it in in the last couple of years. Well, let me ask you all this: either one of you can answer, but. You know, there's always that joking on KBN and other places about bringing an event out to California or the California guys coming out to the Mid-America or the East Coast. It's a logistical problem for the, you know, the bass boat pros, much less the kayak folks. What's it going to take to convince, you know, a guy like me or anybody else that lives this far away from California to make that trip? Is it going to be have to be like multiple, event, multiple events back to back to make it worth it, to make it a week out of it? Because I don't know how many people can get out there for a weekend. You know what I mean? Just justify that expense. Well, I'll, I'll chime in first on that. I think that, yeah, if you can get a handful of these organizations to to pair up, I mean, it's going to be hard to convince any organization to put a midweek tournament. But let's say you have like a Saturday tournament on the Delta, and then you get you give everybody four days of practice to go to Clear Lake, and then you give everybody, I don't know, three more days to, and fish like another. If you put enough tournaments together, like when they bring the 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 elites out here, they used to be every five years, they would have a West Coast swing. So it'd be Delta, Clear Lake, and then maybe Havasu or Mead or something like that. Yep. But yeah, logistically, it's hard. You can't argue that there's nothing between California and, and the middle of the country. I mean, the, yeah, there's Colorado and Utah, but like to no. really attract a crowd and have an arena for a tournament and make it worth the anglers' sponsorship money and all their deals... It's just everybody's at the at the mercy of of where their money's coming from and how far it's going to take them to get there, and it's just that's the the nature of the beast right now. But I think kind of like what happened last year, there was a Hobie event, and then there was a KBF event the next year, and the reason why that Bassmaster event wasn't so popular is because there was just so much that already happened. It was the third weekend, and not a lot of people can get three weekends in a row off. The, the only way I would do it, Jeff, is if I made like a vacation out of it, like a road trip, you know, and, and honestly, probably have to be like 10 days or so off work, but hit some stuff on the way out there, go hit a national park or two and make make like a whole justifiable deal out of it. But I'd like to hit two tournaments out there. And it's the same with this Texas swing that we're coming up on. I mean, that's a 12, 13 hour drive for me. But if I can hit Sam Rayburn and Possum Kingdom while I'm out there, I'm in. So I've got a little work thing that may have to happen during the Possum Kingdom, the classic tournament. If I can't do that, then I'm probably not going to drive out there and fish Rayburn and drive back because it just doesn't make logistical sense to to spend, you know, 24 hours driving to fish uh, one tournament. But I hope that doesn't happen. But back to the main point of the, the California deal, like if they had a couple tournaments that were relatively close to each other, it would be much more appealing for me to drive out and especially kind of how Rayburn and the classic are lining up. They're not close to each other, but they are, you know, within driving distance and two days apart. So that for me was kind of the selling point on, on making a little Texas tour. I think if you, if you convince Disneyland to put some five and six pounders in the lake and and let them host a kayak tournament, everybody will come across and, and fish there. I got lost at Disneyland when I was nine years old, and I'm never going back. I sat in Lost and Found for six hours. I'm never going back to Disneyland. Explains a lot, Ryan. Yeah, you know, it happens. (laughs) 
That's why I don't trust Callie, man. And it, it all it all hit me when he said he locked eyes with that dude, and he's like, we can't do no wrong for the next hour. <laughs> like, that, that hit me. That touched my soul. I was like, this is California right here. That's why That's I don't go stuff. back. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to see a West Coast swing of some sort. I just don't know you know, if it'll be, ever be in the cards, but you never know. You never know. I'd like to make it out there myself at some point. Uh, any more questions from anybody in the crowd? I think Josh Evans just said what you said, Ryan. He said, sounds like Rayburn and Possum Kingdom. The, True. Uh, Texas thing coming up. Alex, when are you moving out of California? Tell us that. Oh, man, I don't know. I just started a brand new gig. <laughs> oh, no, man, I just got this sweet job. I just got this okay. job. Uh, you know, I moved out of California once. In my, every, every, I've been pretty, pretty anchored to where i'm at i mean every school that i've been to has been within a mile of the house that i grew up in i moved out to spain for about eight months and i said oh, wow. I, don't, I don't want to do that and i came back um there's other states in the united states that you could go to though you don't have to go to like yeah spain yeah um <laughs> you know i i after going to Gunnersville last october hey. I, re- I really like that area of, of the nation you know that's Tennessee, me boy um that would be probably most appealing. I can't lie. I was looking at, at houses and, and shocked at how affordable everything is and what you get and, and how much cheap, space dog. you get. Yeah. Um, so you yeah, I definitely don't think it hasn't crossed my mind. Um, We've got a top golf here. I'll put you on. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah, there we go. So it's you. not out of the cards, uh, maybe in the next 10 years. But okay. in the near near future, I'm still anchored down here. We got, one, we got another question for you before we wrap things up. Uh, Brian, he put this in here. What's your favorite lake in SoCal? And he also said move to Texas like the rest of us California. Big stick howl. Oh, yeah. Brian's a Cali native, as you probably know. Uh, favorite lake in SoCal is uh, is probably this that little that little lake Pudding Stone. Um, if you guys know who Oliver Pudding Nye Stone? is. Yeah. yeah I so know Big Oliver. Bass Dreams. He, uh, he, he didn't grow up too far from, from where I'm at, and uh, he really cut his teeth on Pudding Stone and Lake Paris. Some of his, like the original Big Bass Dreams, Volume 1, most of that foot, footage is from Lake Paris. And uh, those two lakes, I would say, are, are my two favorite lakes in SoCal. Oliver is the dream. He is the dream. You know, go out, start doing your own thing, build your own brand, gained some traction and now he's out you know fishing the the mlf big five stuff uh just chasing it across the country like he is uh he's doing it man hats off hats off to all i love following his stories man he is uh (laughs) very entertaining and he stays on some good fish too like he commits big you can tell you see that cali flair though like he's he's on these lakes he's not throwing a chatterbait he's throwing a freaking seven eight inch swim bait out there (laughs) trying to get trying to get those big bags that's it and wearing a brand new pair of Jordans while he's at it. Yeah, he is fresh. Have his yeah. boat, man. Ah, yeah, that's nasty. Right yeah. before we, before we wrap things up tonight, I've got the comment of the night from Bob Baylor. Uh oh. See if you can read that. <laughs> but you know what? That comment applies to Clear Lake just as easily. I'll tell you that. Oh man, Bob. Um, agreed. I did like Dardanelle. Actually, I had a great time with the methods at the little bar that we found. So I can't, I can't even knock them. I actually had a better time with them than I did the lake. Yeah. Good stuff, Bob. That was hilarious. <laughs> the truth is always the funniest. Oh my gosh. It is. It is always. Well, Alex, congratulations again. Thank you for coming on. If you have any sponsors you'd like to plug your podcast, tell us about that. And uh, we'll let you go um, have dinner probably out there. Get get some sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dinner and a nap. Um, So sponsors, uh, I'm I'm on team new canoe this year. I can't be any happier than, uh, than I am on that, that new canoe pursuit. It's fast on the water. It's really stable when you're not standing on a cooler. And, uh, (laughs) Um, I use a MotorGuide XI3 powered by BioNO batteries, and, and I use, obviously, a lot of batteries to cover a lot of water. Um, and all of that really was made possible by Romel. You can find him on Instagram, WizardWorks. He the did wizard. some really good, really good custom work uh, for a Humminbird Mega 360 mount that I have, and, and that was also a big player this past weekend. Um, uh, the local shop that I'm a big fan of and that helps me out is Performance Tackle. They have a, a handful of guys that are on the elites now that that still fish their custom rods. 
And uh, Shane and I run the the Bass Thumbs Fishing Podcast. We kind of cover a lot of the West Coast kayak stuff. We talk to some bass boat pros, and uh, we just try to keep it light and fun and, and informative. So if you guys, you know, after listening to this, you know, we put out one episode a, a week, and uh, I'll have to interview myself for this one. But um, <laughs> you know, Jeff and Ryan, I can't thank you, you know, enough for having me on and and keep doing what you're doing. I love the uh, I love the live shows. We're, we're we got to try to get live sometime on our podcast. It's risky, but it's fun. Yeah. It's risky, but <laughs> yeah. It's, that's right. It's, it's the thrill. The thrill of the live show in the Arkansas internet. Yeah, good stuff, man. Thanks, everyone, for watching tonight. And, Alex, thank you. I know you're wore out, but congrats on the, the win and the new job and, and just uh, killing it out there in, in California, man. Great job, California Bass Nation. Y'all put on a great event, great show. Uh, took you a little bit on the judging, but uh, honestly, seriously, <laughs> y'all killed it. Uh, great payout, and I hope you have continued success down the road. Yes, sir. All right, guys. We're going to wrap this up. We are out of here. Everybody have a great night.